WLIRFM Hampton Bays. From around the world to around the block, this is a WABC 77 Second News Update. It's 52 degrees with rain on and off at 4 o'clock. Good afternoon, I'm Jacqueline Carl. President Biden announcing today Russia has undeniably moved against Ukraine and the consequence will be imposing sanctions. I'm going to begin to impose sanctions in response far beyond the steps we and our allies and partners implemented in 2014. Biden went on to say as Putin decides on his next move, the U.S. and and its allies are also prepared for their next move. President Biden ended saying he hopes diplomacy is still an option. The three white men convicted of murder in Ahmed Arbery's fatal shooting have been found guilty of federal hate crimes. A jury delivered its verdict today after several hours of deliberations, finding father and son Greg and Travis McMichael and neighbor William Roddy Bryan violated Arbery's civil rights in the fatal chase and targeted him because he was black. The McMichaels and Bryan pleaded not guilty to the hate crime charges. A funeral will be held for fallen FDNY member Jesse Gerhard Wednesday. It takes place at St. Patrick's Roman Catholic Church in Bayshore at 1.30 p.m. tomorrow. Gerhard collapsed and died the day after fighting a two-alarm fire in Far Rockaway. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center today, cloudy and rainy on and off, high around 60. The rain tapers off by 10 p.m. and temps rise overnight to about 60 degrees. For Wednesday, showers until 1 p.m. Then the sun breaks through in the afternoon with a high of 64. It's 51 degrees with rain on and off at 402 from the Midtown Manhattan Studios. I'm Jacqueline Carl. Traffic and transit is next. Remember, the news never stops at WABCRadio.com. Up next, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. WABC Traffic and Transit. Eastbound Belt between Flatbush Avenue exit 11 and Erskine Street exit 15. All jammed up with a lot of volume. And then FDR Drive southbound between 96th Street exit 14 and 71st Street exit 13. A lot of stop-go traffic there as well. Harlem River Drive northbound between 8th Avenue and 155th Street exit 23. We've got some stop-and-go traffic there for you as well. In New Jersey, Garden State Parkway on the northbound side between exits 142A and 144. We've got some jammed-up traffic as you move through there as well. At the Hudson River crossings, outbound George, you have very heavy delays. Outbound Lincoln, 15 to 20. And outbound Holland will cost you 20 to 30 minutes. Alternate side parking rules are in effect for today. I'm Jacqueline Carl with your traffic update on 77 WABC. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And it is Tuesday here on WABC and around, well, half of the world anyway. And today's date, 2-22-22. If you want to give us a call, 848 9222 here, lots of twos today. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. It is Tuesday. That means Mark Stein will be joining us. I cannot wait. I can't wait. Now, those of you who are, um, you can look this up. You can find this. Even before, Mark Stein put a, uh, there's a, there's a clip of Mark Stein last night 
on GBTV, and it is hysterical. You have to watch this. Mark Mark does an analysis of the situation in the Ukraine, and we're going to be asking him about the Ukraine and, and Joe Biden and all that, but he also does an analysis of Kamala Harris, Vice President Kamala Harris's speech overseas, and it is absolutely priceless. Okay, so you can always uh, visit Mark Stein's website, Stein, S-T-E-Y-N, online, or you can just even check out my Twitter feed and find it. And we'll be talking to Mark very shortly. Now, I had a show kind of planned, sketched out in my mind, and then it all went to hell because I saw a story right before um, right before the show started. And thanks to the amazing crew at WABC, we're able to bring you uh, two of the sound bites from this particular story. There was a debate last night, and, and this is, you know, Russ used to always talk about te- uh, a teachable moment. If this debate turns out to be what I think it was, the quotes, this might be a teachable moment in a number of ways. One of This was in Ohio. It's for the Ohio Senate. And two of the candidates that are running for office One is Republican candidate Josh Mandel, and the other is a Democrat, Morgan Harper. Now, Morgan Harper is not considered the top Democrat in the field. There are some other people running. But anyway, these two went at it. Now, the first thing that I like about this debate, this debate was held inside a black community, a largely black community in Cleveland. Okay, and so you had a lot of minority representation in the audience, and that matters because the audience got into it as well. And the Republican in this debate, Josh Mandel, did not back down. And this is the way it's done. So let me let you hear a sample from this. This runs a little long, about a minute and a half. But let's just listen to the first cut that we have from that debate between Mandel and Harper. Mr. Mandel, uh, in your previous debate, you referred to Black Lives Matter as thugs. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then you come in the black oh, community. Hey, hey, you're not doing that. Put him out. Please. That's the audience. Put him out. You mean like put no, him out like no, with a no. bullet in his head? Mr. Mandel. Mr. Mandel. You mean like put him out with a bullet in his head? Mr. Mandel, oh, I don't this was America. In the black hey, I thought this was America. Hey, debate hey, sister, listen to me. Don't do that. I got this. I got this. Don't do that. They shouldn't have let him in. No, no. This is America. He can be here. Don't do that. Don't embarrass me. I'm not no, embarrassing. No, you don't. Don't. But do that. to bring that white man no, in the black to, community hey, like that, you have to leave, man. I'm, I'm, I'm finished. Okay. But please. don't you suck up to him. Listen, he's listen, in the black I'm community. Doing, I'm doing my job. And I'm he's calling my parents thugs. Ma'am, Make I'm, him I'm, I'm the, the moderator. I'm in charge. Yeah. I want you to sit down and be quiet. Let me tell you something, ma'am. Mr. Mandel, I put my life in the hands of Mr. young Mandel. black guys. Mr. I had Mandel. young black men put their life in my hand in the United Mr. States Mandel. Marine Corps and two tours in I'm Iraq. You to so don't stand sir. there and lecture me. Whether they were black or they were white or they were Hispanic or they were Asian, those are my brothers in the Marine Corps. So don't stand there and lecture me about race and color. Mr. We Mandel. put our lives in each other's Mr. hands. Mandel. Those are my brothers as Marines. Mr. Mandel, 
I'm the moderator over here. I'm asking you to pay attention to me. And ma'am, you in the calling post, will you please stop? Now, yes, it was contentious. But Mr. Mandel, the white Republican in Ohio who's running for state office, did not back down. You had audience members saying, put him out. What do you mean, like with a bullet in his head, if you didn't hear that part? But he didn't get all terrified, run off the stage. with. He stood there and addressed it. I served with black people in the military. Don't you dare lecture me on race. Those are my brothers. And and so, you know what? Good for you, Mr. Mandel. A spine. That's what it's called. That was a race. Now, there's a second quote. And in order to understand the second quote, you have to understand that Miss Harper is of a Hispanic origin, apparently. That's what it looks like. And she was just insulting to him throughout the night. I mean, they traded shots. But this is one of the quotes after she traded shots with him. We'll just play one more bite, and then we'll move on to some other news. Go ahead and play it. I told that story earlier about being at Town Hall, the bar and restaurant down the street, where I told folks that I'm going to debate Morgan Harper. She's like AOC, almost only smarter. After hearing that answer, I actually think she's like AOC, only dumber. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, this guy is fearless. Running a Republican, running for the Ohio Senate, he's going to get a lot of attention from this debate. Josh Mandel, and I wanted you to hear it. Okay, Mark Stein's going to be with us in a few minutes. Again, you have got to check out that clip of Mark Stein on GBTV. GBTV, GBTV, that's it. It is hysterical. Okay, his and we're going to ask him about Ukraine and some of the other things that are going on uh, up there. Now, there is another story about what's happening in the New York subways. There's one every day. And, again, hours and hours after we've been promised, New Yorkers have been promised, hey, the situation is going to change, the violence on the subways continues. There was somebody smacked with a metal pipe. There was somebody attacked with a hatchet. People are still sleeping. There's a news story about this. Vagrants. The story is from uh, the Daily Mail. Photos show vagrants sleeping on New York City subway seats the day after transit safety plan put into effect. Adams announced his plan to improve the, uh, the safety on the city subways. So they went in with photographers. What did they find? People laying all around, sleeping, homeless, transients, all over the system, sleeping. One woman that was attacked, El Evelina, I believe is how the name is pronounced, or Evelina Riviera, a 30-year-old chef, said a deranged homeless man hit her so hard with a metal shower rod that he bent her nose ring and left her bloodied. There was another man who was attacked by a hatchet. And so if this is what uh, Mayor Adams considers uh, safe in New York, yeah, good luck with that. 
James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly. We'll be right back when we come back. Joining us, Mark Stein. He's always mistakenly British. Tea crumpets. Cheerio. But he's really a Canuck. Known on all seven continents. Oh, I know who you are. America's undocumented anchorman. He's a recording star and a TV star. Tuesdays, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, presents Mark Stein. It is time, ladies and gentlemen, for Mark Stein, the one, the only, the man that is known worldwide for saving media in distress. And there is a media company that is in horrible distress today. NBC drew the worst Olympic ratings ever. They have never had ratings that sucked as much as these Olympic ratings. They sucked. And we understand, ladies and gentlemen, that NBC has reached out to our very own Mark Stein to see whether he can come in and help them save the next set of Olympic Games, wherever they may be held, in communist China, in communist North Korea, or even... In the Ukraine. Yeah, they, they probably will be in the Ukraine. Um, I, I don't know. I, I knew they were terrible uh, ratings, but I don't care how low they go. Even if, you know, there were only 27 people watching, that's still 27 too much. I can't believe it was absolutely disgraceful the way N- NBC was just regurgitating uh, Chai Com propaganda on this as if it's a normal sporting event which it certainly wasn't and we know that because the guy who carried the uh, olympic torch for china last time round was in 2008 i think this was was a uyghur who lit who, who carried it came in with the olympic torch and lit the olympic flame and everyone was going oh how nice they've they've let a uyghur carry the (laughs) olympic torch he's now living in america he hasn't (laughs) spoken his father was seized like six or seven years ago and he hasn't heard a word about him since i mean this idea that you could say oh have you been watching uh, the genocide olympics yeah they'd (laughs) i love it like i love the two-man luge when when the guy's hurtling down that thing and he arches his back so he doesn't crush the private parts of the fellow underneath him and it's uh, you can hear the ice crunching and it almost drowns out uh, the sound of the Uyghurs being tortured next door I don't know how you could I don't know how you could begin to watch that as a sporting event well <clears throat> apparently not many people did now Mark before we get to the Ukraine and I cannot by the way Mark, the clip last night of you on GBTV, I, Mark, priceless, <laughs> well, P- priceless. Hey, I am hey. encouraging people to go find it because I can't even explain it. You have to watch Mark Stein in action. Look, there's, there's nothing <laughs> difficult about it. When you've got Kamala Harris 
It's basically that the jokes are just dropping off the trees into your lap when you've got when okay the 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 lone hyperpower on the planet the the nation that is going to persuade uh, Vladimir Putin to back down and the way we're going to do it is we're going to send Kamala Harris to the Munich Security Conference. This is it's just it was uh, hysterical. Yeah. I well, think, now now the Biden administration. Wait. Before we even go there, let's talk about what's happening up north with your people, okay? Your peeps. Your peeps. All these years, I've been hearing your people gloating to me about how backwards America is compared to Canada. Oh, you people are so violent down here. Oh, you people have a police state down here. Oh, you people in America don't respect people's individual freedoms. Well, this past week, what did we see? We saw Canadian stormtroopers beating up truckers, beating up journalists beating up women and and then today we learn that they're gloating about it they've been texting each other hey make sure i get a turn to beat up some of those truckers and not only that then they froze money there's this poor woman single mom she dared send them fifty dollars and you know what her punishment is they froze her bank account she can't feed her children Mm. and then you have canada now they have checkpoints up where are your papers where are your papers This is, I changed my mind. We don't need to invade Canada because those people up there play rough. Those are some really violent people up north, and we had no idea. Well, I I didn't hear much of that past the bit where you said Canadian stormtroopers, which is not a phrase I ever thought I would be hearing. But you're right in this situ- in this situation, your Ukraine and uh, and Justin Trudeau is Putin, and <laughs> he's going to pick off. He'll just be doing like what Putin did today. He'll say, "Oh yeah, we're uh, we're annexing Idaho and Wyoming," and you'll be thinking, "What? Wait, what was that?" Uh, no, it's it's abs- it's terrible. It's not re- you know it's not really funny. There's nothing. What he's done is not like anything in Canadian history. And what is even more disturbing is that very few Canadians. You know, we talked about it on my uh, television show out of London, and and uh, a lot of people pointed out that it's actually getting more coverage on TV and radio in London than it is in Toronto or Montreal or anything. Most people don't even know how disgracefully Trudeau has shamed and dishonored his country. This is just, I mean, it really is astounding. And I don't know, do you think that um, after this thing quells down that he's going to remain in power? Mr. Trudeau. Well, I, I don't think so. I mean, what it is, is it's it's there's a class element to this. And it's basically the people who haven't been hurt by the last two years, which is like the laptop class. The people who say, oh, it's so great now. I don't have to drive into the office anymore. I can just work on my laptop at home and zoom it in. Uh, and the bureaucratic class who haven't lost a penny, uh, whether you're talking north or south of the border, since this whole thing got going, uh, against people who have to just get out there in the real world like truckers. So if the real world shuts down, 
that's their lives pretty well wrecked if you're a hairdresser or you're a waitress or, or whatever. And the, and the question is how – he's someone the, – the, the dangerous thing about this is they're now talking about making these emergency powers permanent. Oh, and what he is, he's taken the January 6th approach. All those guys sitting in jail for uh, a year and a quarter now uh, who still haven't got a trial date for their trespassing charge. They don't need a trial date. Uh, they can, they've skipped the trial and they're already serving the sentence. If you've been in jail since January the 7th and you haven't got a, a trial date, maybe that's because you're already serving the sentence. Wow. And, and, and what he wants, he wanted this to be his own January the 6th. And the truckers were more disciplined than that, so they didn't uh, barge their way into Parliament or anything. And so he's brought in all these things where you can just have your bank account frozen. And uh, by the way, one thing that would hurt, though, hurt would be if, you know, all the banks in uh, in New York, right, James, are... Mm-hmm. Canadian TD. <laughs> TD. Have you seen yeah. TD? Its slogan is America's Neighborhood Bank. TD stands for Toronto Dominion. And it's America's neighborhood bank in the sense that Canada is in the general neighborhood of America. But if people were to, if New Yorkers were to say, I don't want a bank, I feel uncomfortable uh, uh, banking at an institution that's in league with Justin Trudeau, that would actually send a strong message uh, to, uh, to Canada. Wow, that's an interesting idea. Let us turn our attention, Mark, to Ukraine. Let us first visit the Washington Post and Eugene Robinson. The headline, I almost gagged and retched. With Biden standing firm, Putin must wonder, where's Trump when I need him? (laughs) Well, for certain... Start, James. I don't care if you live to 137. Life is too short to read Eugene Robinson <laughs> in the Washington Post. He's one of the most ludicrous columnists. Um, but in this case, you know, it, it, what was so pathetic was uh, Kamala uh, yesterday, whenever it was, when she was in Munich, and then Joe Biden uh, a couple of hours ago. And Putin is looking at these people and and he's thinking to himself, if this were a serious nation, they would not be putting these people up on the world stage. And, you know, whenever I understand electoral politics and sometimes you need to elect someone who's who checks the right boxes and has got an appealing life story. But you always assume that behind them, there's all these cynical old real politique guys who know what they're doing. And the fact is that in the Biden administration, there's no one, there's no one who can take it to blink. Anthony Blinken sounds an idiot. Just to bring it back to Canada for a minute, the night before the fall of Kabul in Afghanistan, American humiliation, he was tweeting, I've just had a very productive discussion with the Canadian foreign minister. (laughs) 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 The Taliban are laughing, you know, uh, at that, and Putin is laughing at that, and Chairman Xi is laughing at that, and that's not a good place for any country to be in. Well, okay, so first of all, the Biden administration, Mark, couldn't make up its mind whether they would call the presence of Russian troops in the Ukraine an invasion. There was Mm -hmm. some doubt to them as to what they should call it. 
So finally, after much deliberation, much back and forth, they decided to call the invasion an invasion. Yeah. And now the idea is that they're going to sanction two Russian banks and they're going to tar- target elites with sanction, and that's supposed to scare Putin into submission. We're going to put sanctions on him. No, the thing about it is because of all the build-up to this, all the weeks and weeks, of, oh, you better not invade Ukraine, you better not invade Ukraine, Ukraine. and Putin then looks at Kamala Harris and goes, ah, oh, what the hell. And, uh, and so, so if you had... you. They, they've all had time, and they've had all the time to coordinate it. And if they were going, if, they were, if sanctions were going to mean anything, they had to have absolutely ruthless killer sanctions uh, from all the Western nations uh, of, of similar degree. And they didn't. Uh, his, his Biden's thing was rubbish. Uh, Boris Johnson's uh, sanctions in the House of Commons, that's more rubbish. Even the Germans, when they're, they're going to disavow that pipeline, uh, the, the, that's actually the fourth pipeline bringing Russian gas uh, through the, what the Germans call the Nord, uh, uh, the Ostsee, the Eastern Sea, to Germany. Uh, So there's three Russian to German pipelines that are going to keep going. And and so none of this is going to make any none of this is going to make any real world difference to Putin. So at the end of the day, Putin wins in the Ukraine. He's going to have his troops there. They're already saying and and telegraphing that the bases that they put up in these two provinces that that Putin declared to be now sovereign. Russia is going to have permanent bases in there, which means he's taking over Ukraine. Like it or not. And we're going to stand by and just say sanctions, sanctions, sanctions. And at the end of the day, he'll be in Ukraine and Joe Biden will still be saying, yeah, but we punished him with sanctions. Is that do I have this right or do you think this is going to um, explode into some kind of a war that goes beyond this? Well, you know, there's there's a there are people who think you can use this for principally for your domestic. I mean, for example, in Germany, the price of uh, gas, the price of home heating, the home heating bills are skyrocketing. And they would have skyrocketed regardless of what Putin did uh, in Ukraine. So the Germans are figuring, well, if we can somehow figure out a way to blame home heating bills on Putin, that would work for us. And I think that's there's a, an element of that in what Biden is doing. You know, Biden is going to is going to say, well, we're imposing sanctions on Ukraine. And yes, we're all going to have to uh, pull together and bear the brunt of that. So when uh, gas is nine bucks a gallon, don't blame me, blame Putin. There's an there's an there's an he wanted after Afghanistan, he wanted to give the impression that America could win a war without actually having to go to war. So that's why you've had all this sort of jousting for the last few weeks. Putin has just, and he's not taking Ukraine, he's taking as much of Ukraine as he thinks is useful to him. And the, and the fact is that there's nothing Joe Biden's got or Ka- Kamala Harris. We all know Kamala couldn't even couldn't find Ukraine on a map. I'm not sure she could find Europe on a map. It's, it's quite, it's quite, you know, the, the strange thing, the strange thing about this is, you know, how this was a couple of years ago. We all think, oh, yeah, they're going to get Biden elected. And then six weeks in, uh, he's going right. to step down for bad and, and Kamala's going to take over. 
Right. And then, and then they, it suddenly dawned on them that her early onset <laughs> dementia is way worse than his. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, uh, until she's uh, promoted to the Supreme Court and Hillary is appointed uh, vice president, they're basically stuck with this. Oh, what a mess. Mark, uh, I wanted to ask you, and maybe we can cover it next time. I will ask you really quickly. we got about a minute left. Okay, Ezra Klein has a column today that the worst thing about Joe Biden's policy is the starvation that's happening in Afghanistan now, that it's getting worse. And he's Ezra Klein, the wonderkin of the liberal left, predicts that Afghanistan is going to be Biden's biggest foreign policy failure. Well, it's an American humiliation, and they're in terrible straits in Afghanistan. But what's interesting to me is that it's such a terrible—it was such a terrible thing—the fall of Kabul—that even the American right doesn't actually really want to talk about it that much because it's so bad. So he might—he might actually skate on that, no matter how ludicrous these beribboned Pentagon guys with all their medals. You know, I think they actually hand out those medals for losing wars now because I can't understand how thoroughly modern Millie has got so many of them. Exactly. Uh, um, but uh, I, I know one's for acing diversity class and the other is you know for having the best frock at uh, trans transgender uh, day at West Point and all the rest of it. But I mean the thing is he's got away with that because the right uh, to a certain extent can't bear to confront the abyss into which uh, America fell d- during those few weeks uh, last August. Uh, Mark, thank you so much. Where can people find you on GBTV? And folks, you have to you you have to see this clip. It is hysterical. Well, Where if, can you, they find you? if you go to, I think it's up there now at gbnews.uk. So that's pretty easy to find. gbnews.uk. Thank you so much, Mark. We look forward to hearing from you next week. Thanks, as always, James. Appreciate it. WABC Talk Radio 77, that's the one, the only, Mark Steiner. We are so fortunate to have him join us every Tuesday. Uh, WABC Talk Radio 77, your calls are welcome. And this is 2-2-2-2-2. It is 2-22-22. And you can give us a call, and we'll be happy to take your phone calls along with going with the other news that's in the day. And there is plenty of news to cover. So don't you dare go away. Now, here's the soul of excellence, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo's Nerdly, on 77 WABC. Uh. Uh. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. The Commodores bring us back on 77 WABC. What is she? She is a brick Okay, thank you, Commodores. Listen, there is a, speaking of Black History Month, you just heard the promo here. So I'd like to contribute to the discussion on Black History Month myself. Uh, there is an article today from Fox News, and it's about New York. And it's like black people news about New York. And I think it's important, okay? So here's a little, for Black History Month, here's my contribution today. Uh, Progressive leaders have ushered in criminal justice reforms, theoretically, 
intended to rectify the imbalance of black Americans who are arrested, convicted, and incarcerated. But in practice, in cities like New York, these reforms have backfired. They resulted in a spike in crime with more black Americans victimized and incarcerated. So here's the deal. Because this gets into a whole, you know, this this policy wonk language, and I don't want to go through all of that and take you through that. Let me just explain briefly what the story says. All these all these reforms that were intended to alleviate what these liberals thought was a problem with black people, you know, there are too many people being mass incarcerated. There are too many black people in jail. There are too many people of color in the in the in the carceral system. And people of color, people of color are in jail at higher rates than everybody else disproportionate to their race. So let's fix it. Let's let them out of jail. Let's do bail reform and let them out of jail on bail. And that'll solve the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll do it. That's the ticket. Well, apparently, it's all worked out the way that you and I knew it would work out because we have common sense. So these progressives put in these reforms intended to alleviate the number of black folks sitting behind jail, and they let out black criminals. And guess what? The black criminals came home. Well, where'd they come home to? They came home to the black communities. Because guess what? There still are segregated, mostly segregated communities, not just in New York, but in every blue city. And so what happens? When the black criminals that are released from jail because they're not being held on bail, what happens when these criminals come back into, quote-unquote, the hood? What do they do? Well, surprisingly enough, this is something that liberals didn't anticipate would happen. They start committing crimes again. (gasps) Can you imagine that? Criminals commit crimes. It's almost... It's almost unbelievable that it would happen, isn't it? Criminals, criminals commit crimes. Murderers, murder. Rapists, rape. Thieves, thieve. Burglars, burgle. Child molesters, molest. And you know what happened as a result of letting these criminals out of jail in the name of racial healing, black communities and the communities where these criminals were released in had more victims than ever before. Imagine that. Who could have thought that releasing criminals back into the streets wasn't a good idea? Who indeed? The Supreme Court, ladies and gentlemen, is going to take another stab at the battle between religious rights in this country and the LGBTQ communities. The court said today it's going to decide whether a Colorado designer, she designs websites, can tell same-sex couples that she's not going to create a website for them for their wedding 
because it's against her religious beliefs. So the Supreme Court will take that case. The court was also busy. This is not such good news to me anyway. The Supreme Court has rejected Donald Trump's appeal that the January 6th kangaroo commission that the Democrats are running with the help of those two rhinos, Liz Cheney and Kinziger, now they can get hold of his records. I think my own view of this is that the Supreme Court did not want to get caught in a separation of powers case. They're like, you guys work it out, leave us out of it. Oh, here's a note from Michigan. Two teenage boys... I was talking about this with Juan Williams, and that conversation is on a podcast. You can find it under all the podcasts at WABC. If you have not heard my conversation with Juan Williams, I urge you to go listen, because Juan Williams and I are on the same page when it comes to this, and it was an interesting conversation, because, you know, Juan can infuriate Republicans like nobody else. But I have maintained for for ages that the culture in some of our communities has to change if we're ever going to get better. This culture of glorifying street life, glorifying the life, as it's called, glorifying gangsterism, glorifying all that is wrong is part and parcel, and it's inside the music. It's embedded in the culture from the time kids almost get out of the womb if they're lucky enough to get out of the womb. Because don't forget, Planned Parenthood likes to set up camp and all these minority neighborhoods so that they can keep the genocide mill going. But at any rate, if kids are lucky enough to get out the womb, then they're going to have to dodge bullets and everything else as they grow older in some of these neighborhoods because of this culture. Well, and these teenagers start the life of crime early in some of these places, and it's all just part of the culture. It's all acceptable. Well, here's a story. Two teenage boys are now in custody in connection to a triple murder after a five-year-old Michigan boy was killed execution-style in his Detroit home, along with his mother and her boyfriend. This young man, five years old, shot multiple times in the face. Think about that for a minute. I know it is horrific, but think about that for a minute. You should see a picture of this guy, this child. He looks so adorable with such a smile on his face. It's just like, oh, my, how could anybody do this to another human being, let alone to a child? Caleb Harris, five years old, shot multiple times in his face, was found Sunday inside the home. These... These two teenagers were taken into custody in the same neighborhood. They're being held at a youth home. And if the progressives have anything to do with it, they'll be released on low bail and back in the streets almost immediately. That is the culture that we're living in today. A woman was attacked and dragged in front of her kids at a McDonald's drive-thru. This was on the West Coast. The attack was unprovoked. The woman who attacked her thought that she cut in the line, and so she, you know, rammed her with the car, dragged her, did all the stuff in front of the woman's kids, and then got away. This is where we are. Every day you can get tens and tens and tens 
of these stories. I only bring a small fraction of them to your attention. We could spend every show, all show, going through what is happening in America's cities right now. Thank you, liberals. Thank you for what you're doing to America. Your call is coming up when we come back, and we are coming right back. Don't forget, John Katsimatidis' show is coming up next. That's the Cats at Night. Be sure to stay here for it. Cats at Night coming up next. Your call's coming up next as well. Don't go away. James Golden, a.k.a. Boast Nerdly, right back. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Boast Nerdly, is on 77 WABC. Talk about black history. Tall, tan, talented. The Temptation. And that voice, the lead singer, David Ruffin, part of the original Tempting Temptations. And they were one of Motown's breakout groups. You know, to celebrate Black History Month, 77 WABC is also a limited edition. 77 WABC Black History Month pins. To get yours, you go to wabcradio.com slash pin, and you can celebrate Black History with WABC. That's wabcradio.com slash pin for your free 77 WABC Black History Month pin. And you know what? Dominic Carter just did that uh, minute on Black History with uh, with Baldwin. You may have, I may have mentioned this before. I have a James Baldwin story. That triggers me every time I hear that one because I met James Baldwin in the village. Uh, I was a young teenager, and I was hanging out with one of my friends, Kevin, and we were, we were you know, going to listen to some music, hanging out, and we met James Baldwin in the village, and he tried to pick us up. So that's what I remember about. Uh, of course, he was a great author and everything else. Yes, he was. But my memories are just a little bit more intense. All right, telephones. And let us start with Kurt in New Jersey. Kurt, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. Hello, James. Thank you so much for taking my call. Uh, This past Saturday was the 80th anniversary of Roosevelt in turning 140,000 Japanese citizens into those concentration camps and he took their property he took their bank accounts sound familiar yes uh yeah and the analogy is a little too close to you know uh to compare what's going on in canada to and this was simply by executive order this was that's right and this shameful period in world war ii now look we it's hard when you when you're outside of a historical moment to look back at it accurately. And you know there were no objections then because America was a very in a way in a way a different country. But as we look back on that period, what happened to those Japanese families and those Japanese Americans and they were American citizens by the Democrat Franklin Delano Roosevelt who did exactly as you said took their money, took their property, in some places closed their businesses, and it just wasn't we closed your business and they stayed closed. Other people moved into these locations, and so their property was taken from them, and they were put into camps, some for the duration of the war. 
Now, there were other Japanese-Americans who did serve in World War II with distinction, and they were heroes in the war, but but the Democrats don't want to own that shameful period of their history. They always brag about FDR for his social spending, but you never hear them or rarely hear them talk about that. And you comparing that to what's going on in Canada, there is a comparison. The Canadian government has taken the assets of these protesters. In fact, one of their ministers, I forgot of which, which department, is now talking about he wants to sell the confiscated trucks of these truckers and disperse the money to different charitable organizations. Kind of like what uh, that GoFundMe site run by liberals wanted to do, take the money and keep it and disperse it to people of their choice. So, good analogy. Let us go to Manhattan and Carlos. Carlos, welcome WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on with James Golden. Que pasa, my amigo? Que pasa? What's going on, Carlos? Listen, would you have a show if Rush didn't die? Um, I would probably still be working with Rush and gladly working with Rush. So if you're hoping to get a rise out of me by that ridiculous question, you failed and have a very good day and get lost. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Where do we go next? Let us go to Tom in Westchester, New York. Welcome, Tom. WABC Talk Radio 77. Hello, James. How are you, man? (laughs) Good, thank you. So let me ask this. Whatever became of Gil Scott Heron? Do you remember you know, Gil Scott Heron? Of course I remember Gil Scott Heron. Gil Scott Heron. And I think that he, if I'm not mistaken, he still might be alive. In fact, it's so funny because a few months ago, I pulled out some of his records and listened to um, Angel Dust. And, you know, I first was introduced to Gil Scott Heron when he did the the album, The Revolution Will Not Be Televised. And that was his breakout album. And he was an amazing poet. He did a song that was also very popular, In the Bottle, which one of these days we should play as bumper music. So I'll have to look into it because I don't know exactly whether he's still with us or whether he is, is gone. But Gil Scott Hearn was such a great musical artist, and I thank you for, uh, for bringing him back up. Let's go to Mel in Saratoga Springs. Welcome, Mel, WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden. Thank you, James. Thank you for taking my call. Uh I just wanted to follow up on your third caller ago, three callers ago, uh, when he said what seemed to be taking place in uh, three hours north of me. Uh, uh, that seems to be simulating what Adolf Hitler did uh, to Jews in Nazi Germany. That is not what uh, he said. He said what, what, what is happening in Canada is what FDR did to the Japanese. He did not say anything about Hitler or Jewish people. So you're... what's what's happening to me happening to the uh, citizens of Canada seems to simulate what Adolf Hitler did. To, no, let's uh, not be ridiculous. Let's let's not be ridiculous. OK, Mel, what what Adolf Hitler did to Jewish people by killing at least eight million of them in these horrible warehouses of death like Auschwitz, like Dachau, like like so. And there were thirty eight, at least thirty eight of these death houses that were placed in different uh, different places in Eastern, a lot of them in Eastern Europe. And then by turning other Jap, 
other Jewish people into slaves. And that wasn't the extent of his killing. A lot of people forget what Adolf Hitler did to the gypsies and what he did to other people. The The total death count from World War II will never be known. This was a war that was fought on in 70, at least 70 different theaters around the world. And the death, you know, we hear 8 million people, we hear 13 million people. No, the death toll goes a lot higher than that. And what Adolf Hitler did and what he and, and Mussolini and this horrid alliance, the Axis, did to the world was extremely, extremely devastating. So much so, so that the world today is still shaped in many ways, the way it is because of it. And that is not what is going on in Canada. Now, what's going on in Canada is a tremendous loss of freedom uh, for some individuals. It is also denying people the ability to protest for their freedom with these stupid mask mandates and other things. But let's not compare that to what happened in Nazi Germany because they're not the same. And I don't like those kind of comparisons because they, they diminish the gravity of what Adolf Hitler did, not only to the Jewish people, but to the world. And that is why, to this day, he is probably regarded as one of the world's worst villains. Sadly, people don't regard Joseph Stalin in the same light that they do Hitler or Mao Zedong. And when you look at what Mao did in China, and when you look at what Stalin did in Russia and in the Ukraine... It's a similar story to the mass deaths, horrific numbers. But since they happened in China and since they happened in the Ukraine and in Russia, a lot of people don't pay attention to those. In some cases, we could be talking of up to 50 million deaths. And by the way, speaking of mass deaths, there's another mass death that people don't talk about, and that is from the environmental movement stopping the use of DDT and letting Uh, polio and other diseases flourish in parts of Africa where 50 million dead are the result of that estimated. That's not Canada. James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77, boasts nerdly, proudly here on WABC, my home, my radio home, New York City. We are the greatest city in the world We are in America, the greatest nation humanity has ever witnessed. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. We are back tomorrow. Catch it night up next. Don't go away.